In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house in the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Now in that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you, that you will find the child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words, and she pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. It is a well-known fact that every parent and probably most grandparents can tell about that when you hold a baby, it gets all over you. (laughs) A youngest child, Caleb, has helped me to remember this recently. He's almost six months old, and so he's a source of joy and delight and utter exhaustion. And maybe it's because it's been more than five years since Penny was born, and so I forgot a lot of things. Or or maybe it was hubris that made me think, hey, I've been through this before. This is going to be a piece of cake the second time around. But whatever the reason... I had forgotten just how messy infants are. That when you hold a baby, or really even when you get close to one, it gets all over you. I cannot tell you how often I have arrived someplace, like here at the church, 
only to find some form of baby all over my clothing. (laughs) What is it? Who knows? None of the options are good. (laughs) One day I got dressed for work before the morning bottle, which to Caleb was apparently an invitation to do his worst. Rookie mistake. We've been going through so many outfits and so many burp cloths that last week, Penny, who again is only five years old, actually asked me to please do laundry because the pile had grown so big she was scared it was going to fall on her. (laughs) You can't stop it. When you hold a baby, inevitably, it just gets all over you. And that's not always a bad thing. I told my wife just a few days ago how good it feels to hold our son, especially after a long day, a tiring day, a frustrating day. There's just something about holding a baby that helps those things to fade away, that brings peace and joy to your soul, that that helps to remind you what really matters in life. Recently, I held Caleb in my arms as he fell asleep, and, and something happened to me. He got all over me. The frustration I was carrying just kind of washed away and was replaced by a sense of peace. It changed me. And as the shepherd stood in awe, watching the baby, as Mary and Joseph held their newborn son, Jesus, They had no way of knowing just how much this baby was going to get all over the world. Changing it. Changing us. This birth that happened so long ago seems like an insignificant thing happening to an insignificant couple. But when the angel appeared to deliver the news, Mary and Joseph found out that this baby would be anything but insignificant. This child was God coming to live on earth. See, God had seen the messiness and the brokenness of this world. People lost and afraid. People held captive and in bondage. People hurting and in need. And God decided to do something about it, to come and live among us. That's why we're here today. We're here because Christmas has come again And we have gathered together to celebrate Christ's birth again. And many of us already know the words that are being proclaimed today. We know this story. We've heard it before, so keep moving, Pastor. We have presents and cookies and meals to get to. But we're here because we need to hear this story again. We all do. We still need Jesus to get all over us and to get all over this world. Because the world has seemed a little more bleak, a little more broken, and in some ways a little less hopeful this year, hasn't it? Maybe it's the political division that has led to violence and to broken relationships and to a general spirit of of anger and spite in our country. Maybe it's the social issues that continue to pull us apart that have led to arguments and protests and closely watched trials as we see the human cost of inequality and injustice. Maybe it's the pandemic 
about to enter its third year, this backdrop to our lives that is still causing pain and isolation, exhaustion and mental health struggles. Hey, maybe it's the fact that Tom Brady won his seventh Super Bowl and it wasn't with the Patriots, huh? (laughs) Ted, no? Too soon. This has been a long year. I mean, do you remember when that ship got stuck in the Suez Canal? That was this year. And so I think that on this Christmas especially, most of us find ourselves longing for some hope eager to see this angel's declaration of peace take root in our hearts and in our world. We're yearning for the story of this baby born 2,000 years ago to make a difference in our lives here, now, today. I heard a story once about a man who was struggling to understand why Christmas mattered. It just didn't make sense to him why we continue to celebrate a child being born so long ago. So when Christmas Eve rolled around, he told his family he wasn't going to church with them, that he was just going to stay home and read. His family left for the late service, and soon after they drove off, the snowstorm they had been waiting for finally arrived. The man watched the wind gust and the flakes fall and the temperature drop and snuggled into his chair with a good book. But a few minutes later, he heard a strange sound from his living room, like something was thumping up against his window. He listened and he heard it again and then a third time. And he went to the window expecting to see children throwing snowballs or goofing off. But instead, he found a small flock of birds huddled beneath the window. They had been caught by the storm, you see, and were trying to get to shelter. And the man wanted to do something. He couldn't let them freeze and die. And so he decided to put the birds into a small barn in the backyard. He put on his boots his coat. He went outside, he opened the barn doors wide, and he turned on the lights, but the birds didn't go in. He tried to entice them with food, leaving a trail of bird seed through the snow right into the barn, but they didn't go in. He tried catching them, he tried chasing them, he tried everything he could think of, but it didn't work. And the man realized the birds were scared of him, that every time he drew near to them, they were terrified. As the storm grew worse, the man was desperately trying to think of a way to show the birds they could trust him, that he was just trying to help them. If only I was a bird, he thought. I could be one of them. I could speak their language, lead them to the safe warm barn and care for them. And in that moment, the man heard the church bells ring from down the street. And the man understood why Christmas mattered. This is why we need to hear the Christmas story again. It reveals who God is, how God feels about us, how God relates to this world, and that is the source of our hope. This is why we celebrate. This is why Christ was born, to lead us, to care for us, to love us, to save us. The birth of Jesus was 
God's way of getting all over everything, of bringing us into the barn when we could not find the way ourselves. Christ's birth was an eternal proclamation that this world is not forsaken by God, not now, not ever, but is deeply and wholly loved. It is proof of God's refusal to abandon us, evidence that God will do whatever it takes to care for us and ensure our well-being. This is what drove the adult Jesus to care for the poor and the outcast. It's what drove him to proclaim God's love, especially to those who were considered worthless. To tell those people who felt far from God that in fact God had drawn near to them. So it made him forgive those who were guilty, heal people, set them free. It's what drove him to feed the hungry and love enemies and welcome strangers. And it's what brought him to the cross where he laid down his life to shine God's love and light and hope and grace for all to see. Just like today, ominous headlines dominated the news at the time Jesus was born. God's people, the Israelites, were being ruled by a violent empire that oppressed and controlled them. You heard that the emperor had issued a decree demanding that everyone go to their hometown to be registered, which could only mean that what governments always do was going to happen again. Taxes were going to go up. And they might even be conscripted into the army. They were worried God had abandoned them, that God no longer saw their struggles. They wondered if God cared, if God still loved the world if God was even paying attention. It was a hard time, and the birth of this baby seems insignificant next to such large and troubling events. But here we are, here we are, 2,000 years later, gathered to tell the story of this child's birth. Christ's light has outshined the emperor's decree, and his kingdom has outlasted every empire. Throughout history, Christ's light and love have overcome darkness and upheaval and injustice and fear and division over and over and will continue to do so until the only story that matters is the one we've been telling for thousands of years and are telling again today, a story that brings us hope and reassurance that it is not the brokenness, it is not the evil of this world that will have the last word, but God's love. And God's grace. Christ's birth proclaims that God sees and hears you, that God cares and is paying attention, that God loves you. God continues to get all over this world. We are not abandoned. God's presence and work in our lives may feel insignificant sometimes, but it cannot and will not be stopped. God will not rest until all is made right, whole, and at peace. So today we celebrate the good news of Christmas indoors. The light shines. The trumpets sound. The angels rejoice for God has come to live as one of us. So draw near.
But I warn you, as you come close to the manger, as you come to know this Jesus born so long ago, are you, as you are drawn into Christ's light and love, as you hold this baby in your heart, he will get all over you. And he will change you. And you will not be the same. Thank God. Merry Christmas. Amen.